0: i'm reverend harry bridge and i'm dr scott mitchell and this is the dharma realm podcast and we are coming to you from the kodo at the jodo shinshu center in berkeley california This is the Dharma Realm Podcast for November 7th, 2008 and this is part one of our discussion of reincarnation. This time around, uh, we thought we would address a topic that has come up in some of our previous podcasts uh, but not directly and that is the topic of reincarnation uh, which has a lot of different aspects to it and is kind of contested in some ways uh, many different interpretations And so it's kind of a wide-ranging topic, so I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. uh, But we did feel like we wanted to bring it up. Well done. Thank you. It's kind of hard to know where to start because there are so many uh, different possibilities, possible uh, viewpoints on this idea of reincarnation. Uh, It's even contested whether reincarnation is Buddhist at all whether the buddha did teach reincarnation or he didn't teach it and so that's one of the issues that we will bring up uh maybe we could start with this uh that there is an idea that buddhism does have reincarnation and some of the possible sources for that all right and so uh there's the earliest example that i have found is in rudyard kipling's novel kim that's the
1: earliest example you found
0: Yes, the earliest example of in the West. Oh, of reincarnation of like an I thought you meant in Buddhism. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, and that comes from a recent book on the Wheel of Rebirth. Can't think of the author's name right now. Uh, but that... So as far back as early 20th century, maybe even late 19th century, uh, I think this idea of reincarnation was popular uh, in Western culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some of my favorite authors, so Robert E. Howard is one of them. He wrote the Conan stories, <laughs> but uh, he wrote a lot of uh, kind of fantasy stories, and in several of them, reincarnation plays a very uh, big role. And so, like remembering past lives, or uh, you know, a character who's out of place now in his present somehow gets magically transported back into a rougher rugged time when men were men and you know when you had to fight um in order to survive that kind of thing so but reincarnation is like a major plot line in these stories not necessarily buddhist Right. it's okay. a very important point to make i think but i mean we can talk in general i think about reincarnation as well uh, not not only buddhist R- yeah i i don't i don't want to do that well <laughs> i think it's important to recognize that okay uh, here's another one okay shirley mclean <laughs>
1: I was just thinking of Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think that's a popular idea of reincarnation. Right. I was Cleopatra. Yeah. I was whoever, whoever. You know, no, you weren't. I can pick. I was Cleopatra. Oh, that's right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was Julius Caesar. What does that say? Oh, um, <laughs> well, that just got weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this idea that reincarnation is a happy, fun thing, uh-huh. and I was all these famous people. Right. You know, and... It, I think we can kind of put that aside discount that right Uh, but to realize that reincarnation has a lot of possibilities you got to quickly ask well what do you mean by reincarnation
1: okay okay what do you mean by
0: reincarnation good question (laughs) you hate when i do that don't you yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i think one thing we should put on the table is that there are we can maybe generally split into non-buddhist ideas of reincarnation and buddhist ideas of reincarnation all right and even in that non-buddhist that could mean other religions from the in indian religions for example at the time of the buddha or now mm-hmm. um but also more new age kind of versions that have uh you know willy-nilly or whatever you know come come of come, come up with their own ideas um for example maybe the idea that uh we, are, we get reincarnated again and again, and and each lifetime we get a chance to do it right. Right.
1: I think that the common theme in a lot of the non-Buddhist interpretations is that some literal permanent part of yourself gets reincarnated, mm-hmm. like your soul or your personality. You know, like what you're saying when I I was Cleopatra, as if there's a, a direct one-to-one or one-to, in that case thousands, maybe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, chain of
0: of events. Um, He's an old soul. Yeah, yeah, They've been transmigrating. They've been reincarnating for a long time. Right. And you can tell they've gained a lot of experience through all those reincarnations or something. Yeah. Yeah. I reject all of those. (laughs) Yeah, I think we can basically put those aside. Okay. Uh, I guess one point to point out that about... That's ancient Indian idea of reincarnation is that it's not a positive thing. Some of the New Age ones mm-hmm. ideas are, yeah, this is great. You know, you it's only this is one this is only one lifetime. You'll have plenty of lifetimes to work things out if you don't get it right now. Right. Whereas in I think a lot of the Indian religions for around the time of the Buddha before uh, the point isn't to keep reincarnating. The point is to attain moksha, to attain liberation right. from reincarnating. Right. Well, I think that, I think that a lot of the new
1: age stuff, um, I was just doing some research on this for a class I'm teaching, uh, about the, um, the theosophists, mm, mm-hmm. um, the theosophists were this group oh, of yeah. quote unquote mystics from America, but they went to India back in the late 1800s. And, um, but they, they had know, a very, Blavatsky, yeah, Jesus, yeah, I have the
0: same initials. Blavatsky.
1: Me. Oh, you do. Um, but anyway, a lot of their ideas were very progressive Mm -hmm. Not in the the modern contemporary political sense of the term, but in the sense of that through multiple lifetimes, there's a sort of spiritual evolution. Um, And so there's this idea, and this is kind of related to the Hindu moksha that, you know, through multiple rebirths, eventually you can attain liberation. But, you know, with the theosophists and and other turn of the 20th century uh, proto new age type people. It was very well. Well done. <laughs> um, I think it had a different, a different kind of. Uh sense to it and plus a lot of these these groups were eventually they would eventually go on to influence some of the thinking that led to the sort of aryan master race of you know certain germanic people um so i i'm i'm always hesitant about this idea that through multiple rebirths you're on this sort of like progressive path to become better and better perfection yeah toward perfection yeah yeah it gets a little weird if you look at that that side of the history it doesn't have to but, it doesn't but have to it did no, lead no. to to that too yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah or had
0: influence on right more yeah supremacist kind of yeah. ways of thinking yeah and we're not that right just to make it clear to yeah. everybody <laughs> um even if we wanted to be i don't think we could be so. <laughs> right okay so uh
1: but you know i think it's as we were talking though, I think it's interesting because I think that some of these ideas are there in Buddhism too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was just, as we're talking about, you know, multiple rebirths and there's no direct chain of, of lives or whatever. And I am not really Cleopatra and all that kind of stuff. um, I was thinking of the, uh, the Jataka tales Mm -hmm. of, of the previous lives of the Buddha. And
0: those kind of seem like that. Well, See that's and so we're gonna have to get into this because I believe there is continuity Mm -hmm. understood in reincarnation Even Um, in the buddhist sense even in the buddhist sense but and so that uh, Gets into this idea of no self as a denial of reincarnation which I don't buy because uh, No self does not die deny a causality in the conventional sense and so uh, We're kind of jumping the gun here, but um, Uh, let's jump it. Yeah, um, There's one understanding within Buddhist circles, and this is why, again, with this um, idea of, okay, Buddhist understandings of, of reincarnation, one understanding that some people hold, some Buddhists hold, is that the Buddha did not teach reincarnation, and that that's purely a Hindu idea that seeped in and was mistakenly adopted by many Buddhists. And one of the criticisms is no self, which we discussed in an earlier podcast, and this idea that if there's no self, How can there be reincarnation? What reincarnates? But you could apply that to this lifetime too. If no self is a denial of causality, then I could have been Madonna this morning. I could have been Cleo, not Cleopatra, because she's not alive. Why there is continuity in my life.
1: Can I just interject here for a second? Why do I always say Madonna? Or why do you always go to your previous selves being women? Oh, interesting. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's not important. (laughs) I never thought of that. Um. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that that's, that's, I think you're absolutely right that people do want to say that the Buddha never taught, about, taught reincarnation. And I think that sort of argument, I have problems with that line of reasoning for a lot of reasons. Um, and I like that you say that, well, if there's no self, then there's no continuity, not only between lifetimes, but between moment to moment. If there's no self, then who I am right now is not who I was 20 minutes ago. Right, right. And that opens up a hole. And doors box, so to speak, of, of epistemological and ontological, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, black hole, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So I don't hold that view that, um, of like this absolute no self. I understand no self to be from the point of the Buddha. The, no self is understood from the point of view of ultimate reality, mm. but that does not negate conventional reality. So I still have to take responsibility for my actions. There is continuity in this lifetime. Uh, between events and between times so that I have memories as a child and I still have right. the same name. Uh, there may not be any abiding self in there, but there is continuity between right. then and now.
1: And I think that if we if we take that view that no self and no reincarnation to its fullest extent, that's just a, a pessimistic nihilism. And I really don't think that the Buddha was advocating for right. this
0: extreme nihilism. Right, right. I just don't think that's what you see in the, in the, in the doctrine. I think it's a misinterpretation yeah. that does come up and the idea of nothingness right as a translation of shunya or shunyata mm-hmm. right that it means nothingness and then it turns into this extreme nihilism right uh, the, the point that I want to make though is that I think that reincarnation is kind of saying well if within one lifetime there's continuity in a different worldview than the one that we have that continuity can extend into future lifetimes Or maybe extending from past lifetimes mm-hmm. uh, And so that That's kind of one way to look at reincarnation That there is karmic causality There is uh, Actions do have results That we have to bear That w- Just because of the law of karma That if I perform an action I will uh, s- Suffer or experience the result Of that action too And that the view of reincarnation Extends that beyond just this lifetime. Right. Yeah, right. This finite existence. Yeah. It's a different viewpoint. It's a different world view that seems absurd, I think in our modern day and age to many people. Not to me. Right. <laughs> Not to me either. I don't 100% believe in it, but I don't also don't want right. to say that's ridiculous. How could anyone believe in that? That's a very yeah, yeah. to me um uh narrow-minded, ethnocentric kind of response right. that and somehow our worldview is the right one.
1: Right, and not only that, but I think that's sort of this, this, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I was thinking about, you know, there's this new new movie, uh, Religulous. Oh, re- Religulous. Religulous, yeah, is that how you pronounce that? I think so. Bill Maher, who I, you know, I generally have ambivalent feeling towards. Wait, wait. Um, he's a funny guy, but um, I saw him on the Jon Stewart show and he was he was saying this thing about how he didn't, you know, he made this movie and I think it looks pretty snarky to me and, you know, kind of <laughs> making fun of religion. Um, but in, in the interview, he said that he didn't want to say that he doesn't believe in God or doesn't believe in an afterlife because he feels like that would be arrogant, quite frankly, to say that you have absolute certainty that you know that there is no God or absolute certainty that nothing happens to you when you die is the same sort of fundamentalism that he abhors from you know religious fundamentalists wow. um and
0: did expect that level of introspection from him
1: yeah <laughs> and and i and i tend to agree with him on this point of reincarnation it's like uh, you know i don't necessarily take reincarnation or the six realms of rebirth that we'll get to in buddhism in a literal sense for me personally but i'm not so arrogant to believe that i don't know that or that i do know that right i mean i haven't died yet <laughs> <laughs> Or not that you remember anyone. Or not that I remember any yet. So, uh, you know, I don't want to just dismiss out of hand that particular worldview or that particular way of looking at, you know, this sort of cosmic sense of time that's beyond the the boundaries of when I was born and when I die, and that there must be something or there might be something more. I'm just not going to dismiss it for that same reason. I don't want to be like that that wedded i want to maintain a healthy agnosticism <laughs> uh-huh, yes
0: i think that's kind of where i am too that's usually my conclusion a lot of the time is uh, i don't necessarily believe in reincarnation but i don't disbelieve it either right so, okay well let's kind of move more into the meat maybe of the matter and look at the classical <coughs> maybe traditional view of reincarnation in buddhism all right which is most often i think um, taught as the six realms there's other times when it's only five, but let's stick with the six. Okay. Yeah, I like six. Yeah. <laughs> so often these are laid out on a wheel. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like uh, pie slices. the um, so six um, slices out of this pie of this wheel of, of, of uh, rebirth. Uh, the wheel of samsara. Right. Or samsara, right. Right, right. Oh, that's a good point, too, that I forgot to bring up. Um, samsara, this world of suffering... Also implies, I think one of the meanings is wandering. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wander, and there's those fra- that phrase, right? Of like wandering the six realms of rebirth. Yeah, is that phrase you hear? Just without a chance to really rest, you're lucky if you get a chance to rest. Usually, right. it's just this constant wandering uh, through lifetimes, mm-hmm. uh, and so this kind of almost lonely sense, in a way. I think uh, it's an interesting part, maybe of the, this worldview that that uh, accepts. Uh, or just kind of assumes this reincarnation. Idea. And it's pretty bleak. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few times. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I think it's pretty bleak. Yeah. We, so sh- we should post a picture
1: of, because I know that the image you're talking about, I think is really, um, it's really it's really beautiful and really kind of scary. I, we have a, a framed drawing of the Six Realms of Rebirth um, that, uh, that Kanjo gave me several mm. years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to hang it on my wall, but it kind of freaks out my wife. <laughs> So just like, ah, oh, we can't hang that up. <laughs> How big is it? It's pretty, it's like an eight by 10. It's pretty small. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's, it's the, the, the six realms are this wheel with this like demon like figure holding onto them. And you know, all these horrible things are happening in most of the realms. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so what, so the realms are <laughs> in no particular order, uh, or we can start at the top.
0: All right. Um, would be heaven or heavenly realm. Mm-hmm. Heavens might be better. It's not just one heaven. Right. There it are exists. many heavens, yeah, many yeah. heavens, many gods. Uh, The fighting deities or demigods, Ashura uh, is the Japanese pronunciation of it. And these are, uh, so heaven is, is pleasure. Right. Hooray. Yay. Everything's dancing and singing and resting and eating. But but with a terrible, terrible cost. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that. And then the the, the Ashuras, the, the kind of demigods are jealous and they want what the gods in the heavens have, so they're um, always fighting with them or or trying to to fight and um, take that away from them. Then there's heaven, I mean, I mean, humans. Right, right. The human realm, which... Here we are. Yeah. Uh, Animal realm, which uh, is kind of, I think, lacks the reflection, of humans that kind of self-consciousness maybe the self-awareness yeah yeah see more like
1: instinctual right and so the downside of being reborn as an animal i've been told is usually that you don't have the the self-awareness you can't fight your baser instincts and because of that you can't appreciate the consequences of your actions which is interesting because animals are still bound by karma and presumably the same laws of karma that we are Um, but because they don't have that higher faculty of reason they don't understand the consequences of their action.
0: So they can't really change their behavior. Right. And they don't even realize that maybe they would want to. Right. And so that instinct could be either instincts to kill mm-hmm. in the hunt, it could be instinct to eat, of just like constant um, gluttony, if you right. want to use a kind of um, sinful the, one of the seven deadly sins of gluttony, right? In Buddhism, I think it's not so much a sin, it's just like this uh, giving in to this base instinct of right. just constantly wanting to eat. Um, and then another realm is the Hungry Ghosts. Hungry Ghosts. Yeah, Preta or Gaki in wow. uh, Japanese. And uh, these are these kind of well, they're not <sighs> ghosts like we think of, like right. scary ghosts, right? They have big fat distended bellies and skinny necks and so they have very, very small mouths and they're constantly hungry and constantly thirsty, mm-hmm. and yet they cannot fulfill that desire.
1: And they can't fulfill it because not only are their necks too small and their mouths are too small, but I've heard some stories that when, as soon as they put water or food to their lips, that water or food either bursts into flames or into dust. Okay, good. So there's yeah, yeah. this extreme version of, of unfulfilled desire, which I think is haunting. Yeah,
0: yeah. And um, then the final realm is hell. Hells. Hells. They're very, very many different kinds of hells right, right, right. <laughs> here's another place where a lot of people I bca certainly they say i would no buddhism doesn't have hell and i don't know who gave him that i I, th- I think i understand the instinct the the urge to um not scare people and that buddhism isn't um for them wasn't about scaring people into doing good things so hell didn't work on that level but traditionally buddhism has a lot of talk about hell yeah yeah i don't know where they came up with that there's no hell in buddhism thing
1: that's so funny to me yeah i love talking about hell yeah
0: (laughs) something wrong with me (laughs) i wasn't going to mention it but (laughs) so anyway that's basically the six realms right and the important things to know the important things to know is that none of them are permanent yeah that's one of the basic uh most important aspects right and that you can
1: you are born into any of these realms based on the, their, your you know, innumerable past lives of karma. So in my next life, I could come back as a bug, but not because of something I did in this life, but on something that you know some version of me millions of couples ago did. And I'm just now experiencing the results of it, which is
0: a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> if it happens. Um, yeah, and so some people might think, well, let's go to he- shoot for heaven. Right, that should be the best, but in Buddhism, no. heaven's not the best realm, not at all, yeah, because in heaven you're you're enjoying yourself so much, you don't even think about suffering, you don't even uh, think about other people, and so you don't listen to the Dharma and you right. don't hear the Dharma, and, and the things that I
1: love about the the gods is that they live for millions of years, and they are presumably beautiful, and they don't suffer from diseases, and they don't get sick, and they don't even have body odor. Yeah, exactly, they're these perfect, near perfect beings, and they live for a very, very long time, and they never age, it's so wonderful that they're so comfortable, they never practice the Dharma, and then suddenly, very quickly, at the end of their lives, they suddenly get really, really old, and they get really, really disgusting, and mm-hmm. they start to smell bad, the and they start to rot. Right, and the flowers like, that they wear start yeah, to yeah. shrivel, and, and rot so away. when they die, it's in a, this extreme state of shock and panic. Yeah, which is
0: again haunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the key aspects of uh, the understanding the Buddhist idea of reincarnation: is this idea of impermanence, right? And it has a good side, too. You're not damned. It's not there's a single judgment, and then you're damned to hell for eternity. Mm-hmm. Hell is also impermanent. So if you get born into a hell... Um, Wait it out. Yeah. You'll have to gaman and persevere, uh, but eventually it will end, and then you'll be reborn in another realm. Yeah. Human realm is considered the best one Yeah. because we have this capacity for self-reflection... Uh, And it's said, traditionally, that only a human can attain Buddhahood. Right. Only a human being can attain awakening. But
1: there's all kinds of stories that
0: contradict that. Right. Well,
1: that and the animal stories, I think, are the ones we could spend a whole other hour talking about, the exceptions to those rules and interpretations Mm -hmm. on Naga girl princesses and and their abilities to become
0: Buddhas, but let's not get into that right now. The (laughs) tradition, yeah, just the traditional one, I think, rests on that idea of self-reflection and Mm -hmm. awareness that... I can have uh, awareness that my actions may have negative results and that I want to change my behavior so that I'm not caught necessarily by the chains of of karma. It's it's not fate that I'm just automatically going to respond in a certain way. I have those proclivities, Mm -hmm. I have those tendencies, uh, but I can because I'm human, I'm able to reflect and engage in self-awareness and possibly change.
1: That's the best life we could have gotten. Hey,
0: no complaints here. So that's the basic uh, model of these six realms of rebirth. Uh, and I've, I've personally heard three possible interpretations. Mm-hmm. This, we don't have to limit ourselves to that, but the three basic ones that I heard from Richard Payne. Literal, and then symbolic or psychological, mm-hmm. and then social. So should we talk about those a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm kind sure. of throwing them at you. Yeah, the literal one is that this stuff really the, happens. Yeah, that's, there yeah. really is a hell or a bunch of hells under the earth, right? There are these heavens up in the sky, uh-huh. up above us somewhere. Uh, they're really hungry ghosts, even though we can't see them. They're wandering around. Yeah, they're they're invisible to us, but they're around us. And there's great pictures, yeah, almost yeah. like cartoons from from Japan medieval Japan showing people going about their daily business and these little hungry ghosts are around them. Yeah. Doing unspeakable things. Um,
1: I love that stuff.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think you can see the birth of like manga. Yeah. 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 Those illustrations are just so amazing.
1: Yeah. I had the good fortune of doing a whole report on the Ojo Yoshu Oh yeah yeah uh, that's another
0: classic text which
1: is a, a text but then they made all these uh you know picture scrolls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. based on the Ojo-yoshi and the Ojo-yoshi is great cuz um uh, uh Gensho Genshin Genshin thank you um who wrote it goes into detail like right. horrific detail <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> of all of these different realms of rebirth um and so the, the the images that come out of that are very much like early, like manga really mm-hmm.
0: really very much like manga and I think we can find those, those descriptions, those verbal descriptions, even further. Back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even in polytexts mm-hmm. have vivid detail describing these various hells and uh, the various punishments. Right. That, uh, and what actions result in those. Well, right? They're very so, detailed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the literal one. Literally, when I die at some point after that, soon after, I will be reborn in some other form. Uh, and that I will be an animal maybe in my next life, uh that's part of one of the things that um was the 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 criticism I think in b c a was people thought like, oh, maybe next life I'll be a cat or I'll be a you know whatever, I'll be a cow or something, you know um in the literal understanding, yeah, maybe that's not what you're aiming for, yeah right, but uh,
1: I really wouldn't want to be a cow,
0: yeah, yeah, they're cute, but yeah, they don't most cows have a pretty bad off yeah yeah and even (laughs) even like cat i used to want to be a cat Uh because i love cats Uh, but then i realized only a small tiny percentage it's kind of like humans maybe only a tiny percentage have good lives yeah most of them are out on the street and fending for themselves and maybe that's better i don't know anyway we don't have to get into that uh the the other one after the next one after literal is social no not social symbolic or symbolic uh, or psychological
1: and I think this is the one. This is the one I've heard the most about. Um, <clears throat> um, in fact, my uh, one of my early Buddhist professors made this association with uh, the Asuras, mm-hmm. the the fighting demigods, mm-hmm. could be understood as being any sort of person that has really sort of aggressive or you know militant kind of feelings or you know behavior or whatnot, and said you know people who Willingly join up for wars or the police or these sort of authoritarian kind of figures, we can see the, those people are asuras. Right, the
0: asura has that warlike right, right. aspect. Also competitive, though too. Someone yeah, who's really competitive yeah, yeah. could also be seen uh, as kind of living an asura existence. Right. I don't know. No, I. Yeah. Here's another one: the um, hungry ghost one. Yeah. That it's not yeah. that you're literally in this form and that you, you're invisible except to other hungry ghosts, but that if i live a life um of constant unfulfilled desire like for example buying into uh advertising and and this happens to me i mean i can kind of see it where mm-hmm. um, we'll be watching tv and maybe we're watching food channel and they have a thing about um hamburger and my wife and i sit there like mmm i want to eat a hamburger and or, then or ice cream comes on mmm let's have ice cream and you know we usually can or let my it go. jealousy of your iphone right now oh yeah 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 hey <laughs>
1: I am a hungry ghost right
0: now. I have
1: been transformed. <laughs> I want an iPhone.
0: <laughs> if you really were suffering that yeah. unfulfilled desire, then you could maybe view that as a hungry ghost existence. Mm-hmm. Um, animal would be just living by your instincts and not reflecting.
1: Right, right. Right, giving not, in the instincts yeah. and... Not understanding the consequences of your actions and... And presumably, I would assume hurting other people as a result. Mm
0: -hmm. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Or hurting yourself. Right. Just going to salad bar and three meals a a week and eating two hours and just constantly eating, eating or something. So that's the kind of symbolic and, you know, heaven. Some people have it great. Yeah. But it doesn't last forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the part of the lesson. Right. It's, yeah. And, um, hell, I, some people have it really hard too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, I think these are useful ways of thinking about, I think that's one of the reasons why I like talking about the six realms and reincarnation, because these are all great teaching tools, you know, for people who don't know anything about Buddhism mm-hmm. or people who are interested in sort of, you know, learning more about how to live your life and how our actions shape our world and all that kind of thing. Right. You know, It's it's pretty, you know, you can really make that case, right? Oh, I'm craving the iPhone I'm living like a hungry ghost like that's really, you know, it's pretty obvious or not obvious, but it's a it's a good way to talk about Buddhist
0: morality in a sense, right and uh, That brings up two points the one that it's pointing to the ideal of the human realm Mm -hmm. This ideal of self-reflection self-awareness not being a slave to your desires not uh, being a slave to your anger Uh, Not being a slave to your instincts, but having an awareness of it And it doesn't mean that you cut them off But that when you do watch TV and you're like, ooh, ice cream That you realize, I don't need ice cream right now, I'm not even hungry Right, and just having that kind of awareness of your desire, anger, whatever And then there's also the moral side The ethical or moral side to these teachings That it does teach a Buddhist morality Right Of not what I just said, not giving in to your anger, not giving in your instincts, not harming other people, <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, and self-awareness. Right? So, and that was a huge part of the Ojo Yoshu and the way that the later paintings were used right. to, to illustrate that was it got like morality plays almost, right? To teach these ethics to uh, people. And people would go around the countryside with these screens or right. pictures or whatever and teach. These are things that will people. happen to you. Be a good person. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the last one is the social side, which is interesting, uh, that uh, maybe we can extend these not only to individuals, but look at uh, national karma or group karma. Mm, Collective karma. Yeah, yeah, collective karma. We could look at the United States and a nation of Ashura nation, hungry ghost nation, that the United States has this very competitive, uh, violent side to it uh, that is also built on capitalism and consumerism, Mm -hmm. consumption without fulfillment. Right, And so that's very Hungry Ghost uh, And you know we could that's, that's, that's stretching it a little bit I think But it's kind of interesting to think about it too If we can look for those tendencies Within our culture hmm. And then once again reflect on it Don't just say Don't criticize this right Well maybe we don't need to be so warlike Or there's other ways to, to uh, respond to conflict Or the, our lifestyle Our cons- consumerist lifestyle Is um, not working For a lot of people Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be great? I don't want to get you started or anything here. (laughs) We still have a lot more to talk about. Uh, We ran out of time. Uh, So please join us for part two of our discussion of reincarnation.